Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in. It is the Coaching Chatter Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals. Joining me, not snowed in, in South Alabama, it's Kurt Page. He's running from the Auburn Mafia. And joining me, snowed in in Chapel Hill, as I am in Bellevue, it is Craig Ladd. Gentlemen, how you doing? Doing great. It's uh, just nice to to know that we've got... uh, Good weather down here and snow weather up there. And uh, y'all sent a little snow down here, though. We had a little snow day today. It was yesterday. It was interesting. But we're glad it, it, we, we survived it. We're ready to get get ready for spring. <laughs> oh, yeah. Spring can't come soon enough. Craig, how are you holding up down there in Chapel Hill? Uh, holding up well. Uh, a lot of ice. Not much snow. It flurried a good bit. Um, and... More in the offing, I, I see from the forecasted weather from uh, for the next few days. So, uh, yep. not used to this here in Tennessee. So, uh, nope. You know, it can get on out of here quick. Yeah, it can. We we can take the snow and just send it back on up north, man. I'm ready for the spring. It is snow days here in uh, in the Coaching Chatter podcast. You can find us. We are brought to you by Soar Athletic Training, so you can find you can find us there at Soar Athletic Training. You can find Kurt at Kurt Page six twenty nine. You can find Craig at D Craig Lad on Twitter. You can find me at Coach Burton thirty six, and you can find my other podcast um, at Believe in Dogs on Twitter. We're also brought to you by Kenny Salas and the hometown team of Keller Williams Realty. You can find him on social media at. K Salas Realtor on Twitter. You can find him Kenny Salas on Facebook. Uh, you can also visit hometownteam615.com for all your realty needs in Wilson County. But if you're trying to book an appointment, don't do so this week. He probably can't help you out unless he has a snowplow. I don't know. Uh, so, hey, uh, by the way, I'm disappointed that I didn't win the Valentine's package. That, that was a heck of a deal he was putting out there. It was, man. I I, I put in for that too, and. Uh, I didn't see who won, uh, but they were very, very lucky. And, and uh, they were, they were, they they had a great uh, prize package. I am jealous, but uh, but then that person would be jealous of my dinner tonight because we had our uh, delayed Valentine's uh, cook-in, where we we made uh, we went all the all TikTok route, guys, with uh, steak tips, and uh, we we found these we found this potato recipe where you. You cut them into like cubes, like they look like little butter, butter cubes, you know. And you slice them up, and you put this like uh, Parmesan, uh, oregano, garlic butter cream or sauce on them, and you bake them. Mm. 
Kurt, did you get your invite? Did your invite get lost in the mail like mine did? I couldn't. I, I couldn't send you a snowplow wow. down there. I'm sorry. Yeah, I hear you. Wow. I got yeah, you. I couldn't send you a snowplow. Uh, but I used some of my new Traeger uh, steak seasoning, so that was good too. Uh, and we did the the, the garlic butter uh, with the with the Worcestershire and the steak seasoning with uh, grilled onions. It, we I couldn't do it outside, obviously. But we, we took it inside to down the skillet. So that was very, very good. So also, uh, we want to welcome back. Uh, I say welcome back because they are officially now a, a sponsor on our show. And that is betonline.ag. So uh, that being said, we are brought to you by betonline.ag. I was doing those reads earlier, just guessing that we were uh, brought to you by them. We are now officially brought to you by them. And so... With but with bet online, football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. Now, I'll tell you what, this is not NBA, college basketball, or the NHL, but this is a football story. Uh, for the Super Bowl, I actually did a 180. I actually talked myself into taking Tampa in the under, and I hit on it. I didn't wow. bet a whole lot of money, but I did hit on it, and uh, it was a, uh, it, it was one of those things where like last minute, I'm talking like probably three o'clock. I was thinking about taking the Chiefs, and something just didn't feel right as I was thinking about. It. I know I picked the Chiefs on the show, uh, and and I was wrong in that moment. But the more I thought about it, the more Me I thought too. about those two right tackles being out and saying, "Wow, I just don't know about this." The more I just said. Yeah, I'm going Tampa. Uh, so, Kurt, I, I took your advice there, went with Tampa, and uh, and actually won. So, did you? Uh, did you? Got, were you? Were you all able to place any bets, or did you just kind of watch and enjoy the game? Watched and enjoyed, and uh, yeah, I really didn't have a dog in the hunt. But since I picked Kansas City, I guess I rooted for Kansas City. But uh, really, never was in the game, to be quite honest. Can one of you guys tell me how to bet on hockey? No. Do you know how to bet on hockey? Well, if somebody does, hit hit us up because uh, because I do want to try my luck at the NHL. I mean, I, I'm I'm playing with house money at this point, so what, what can I lose? And I'm not going to bet a whole lot, but um, they uh, bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. So you can bet on you can bet on there's I'm sure there's props for all sorts of reality shows even the ones on like Bravo or Lifetime or which couple's going to get a divorce on Married at First Sight you know things even like my that. favorite The Bachelor yeah you could probably there's probably a lot of props oh, on The Bachelor love it I bet if I love got, it but you got to head to betonline.ag they have hundreds of props or real time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And, of course, the 24-hour online casino. I, I played in a couple of blackjack tournaments. Didn't win, but, you know, when you're playing with uh, when you're playing with that, you know, it's a free entry, and you, you just play a little bit more aggressively. So head to, uh, head to the website. Use our mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Guys, let's get into the show. All right? Um, again, uh, there's a lot happening. Clark Lee is making his, uh, finishing his hires. Josh Heupel doing the same. Uh, got himself a defensive coordinator just recently. Uh, UCF, let's start there. They lost Josh Heupel. They found the Gus bus. The Gus bus took a detour and arrived in Orlando. So uh, knowing what we know about Gus, knowing the struggles that he had at Auburn, 
what does this look like for him at uh, for the Golden Knights? Well, I'll jump right in there. I think he'll do a fantastic job. I think it's a great fit for him. I think he will have a chance to be successful. I know he's already uh, getting a, a, a longtime Auburn assistant coach, uh, been defensive assistant for Miami, being his defensive coordinator. So I can see him being ultra successful there in Orlando. He's he's uh, the kids are used to running. Uh, an up-tempo offense, and I'm sure he'll bring that. So it's a really good hire. I think it's uh, the guy's got a great record. I mean, wherever he's been. So I think it was just, uh, you know, he he had to put up with some stuff at Auburn that nobody needs to put up with, and that's when they they want to tell you kind of micromanage you, you know, when you can call the plays, what year you can call the plays, what year you can't call the plays, and and finally he just said, hey, heck, here's here's uh, a lot of money, go away. So. I think it's going to be a great fit for him and a great fit for UCF. I tell you guys, for UCF to get a coach of this magnitude is a win-win-win. And to get him for five years for $11.5 million, which was basically what they were paying for Josh Heupel, I mean, it's A++ in this hire. And and I'll say this about his assistant coaching hires. I know somebody that he's not going to hire. And that'll be Kevin Steele. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, t- talk about somebody who broke the trust, man. I mean, you know, uh, whew, that that was a that was a rough situation. But um, you know, I'm I'm glad to see you know Gus land on his feet. I, I did think he was a good coach. I, I thought things got a little, I guess, a lot of little stale there at Auburn. Uh, recruiting started going downhill, and and sometimes you just need to change the scenery. And I think Orlando's the, the the best place for him, and uh, also for him to be just reinvigorated. I think will help his offense. I think will help spark some new ideas and some new way of doing things, and uh, and, and just getting new blood and, and new new scenery can really do that to you. And and I'm uh, I'm excited for this. I'm excited to see that. Hell, maybe they upgraded. I don't know. Um, but uh, th- there there is a. Uh, Man, it's 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 a great hire there, um, and and I'm excited to see Travis Williams come on as defensive coordinator. I think he's a hell of a recruiter. Going to be a great defensive mind there. Worked with Gus uh, from 2014 to 2020, and uh, it, it's it's going to be a good fit, I think. And and so, just want to see Gus emerge and evolve this offense as he goes forward. I'll say this, you know, I wonder if he's going to hire Chad Morris again. You know, they had offensive woes all last year. Morris was supposed to. Yeah, Morris was supposed to bring them out of that. And uh, he did not do that. So interesting to see if he gives them another shot. Yeah, I I don't think he will. I think that that hire was made by the, uh, the board of directors at Auburn to give him another year. They wanted another guy in there. Uh, they wanted him to fire the offense coordinator, so he did that. He hired Chad Morris, uh, but I think he'll 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 go young, go fresh, and go fast. And I think things are going to get exciting for him there. I just don't see Chad Morris making that trip to Orlando with him. No, not at all. I, th- I think Chad Morris has got to be, you know, it, it's it's just got to be different. I think, and I, I think it, you know, starting fresh. Gives you a whole new outlook. I mean, if you're Rhett Lashley, do you leave Miami possibly and come back? No, or not? I, I, no. I think he's. I think he stays at Miami. 
I think he looks uh, – Rhett Lashley's probably next in line at, at a, at a – uh, you know, once he puts together another good season, I think he can get a shot at one of those uh, group of five jobs as a head coach. I think that's probably the next step for him. Okay. So. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, but I, I was just curious. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's a good move. I, You know, I, I think he's probably wanting to call his own play, so he'll get somebody, I yeah. think, that'll just come and help develop the quarterbacks and be a good position coach and good recruiter. So uh, I like the move. I, I think it's great. I, I think it's going to be a good fit. And I, I think you're going to see UCF not really skip a beat. So um, let's talk about Tennessee. Scott, uh, well, yeah, they're making some moves. They got their defensive coordinator. Craig, are you excited I like the move. You know, there, there were a lot of names thrown out there. Um, and in the end, this this was the guy. You know, the la- the latest guy I heard was the, the linebackers coach for the Chiefs' house. Uh, apparently that didn't materialize. Casey Rogers, who played at the University of Tennessee, had uh, been a D.C. Uh, in the NFL uh, with the Jets. His name was thrown out there. He's a D-line coach with the Tamp- with Tampa Bay right now. That didn't materialize. Uh, what I've read of Banks, I've liked. Uh, I think he's aggressive, very good recruiter. Uh, and, you know, I, I think it's a good move. Uh, you know, I, it took them long enough to do it. A lot of people were not happy with the fact that it took them so long for that to happen. But to me, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it, you, you know, you shoot your gun and you go for the top guys and hope to get those. There's a lot of things stacked against you right now. You know, none of these coaches, nobody knows, maybe a few know, but I don't think anybody at this point knows because the investigation is not complete. What penalties they're going to be under at the University of Tennessee, and how long? You know, Banks signed a three-year contract, and so I'm sure they're hoping to be out from the doghouse in three years. We'll see. Three years, four point two million. Not bad for your, you know, for uh, uh, being your DC. Yeah, I really like his aggressive nature. I think that's something they need. You know, I, I think with them having sanctions, they've got to find an edge in recruiting, Kurt. Uh, and, and that's going to be doing something atypical. We preach that all the time. I know, Kurt, every time you and I talk, we, we talk about being atypical and doing things outside the box. And for Tennessee, they're really going to have to get outside that box because they're not going to have the luxury of being able to, to, to play under the same conditions as a lot of people because impending NCAA uh, sanctions. So you have to be aggressive. You have to be, you know, just all out. I mean, he's not going to all out blitz and be reckless, but then, you know, he's going to have to play a, a heavy blitzing style, kind of a feast or famine, I guess, uh, style of ball where it's going to be a big play for somebody, uh, either either the men in orange or the other team. So uh, recruits like that, recruits like being aggressive, recruits like the, the pedal to the metal mentality. It bleeds into other aspects of the program. And then you get a program that gets ahead of itself and a program that survives these sanctions where a lot of programs would probably just wilt away and be irrelevant for another 10 to 12 years. So Kurt, I I really like this move. I think it's a good move. I mean, is he the greatest defensive coordinator ever walked earth? Probably not. Uh, But you know, 
they, I, I think they filled a great need here, and I think they got what they needed to get them through this sanction. And he's got a deal that's $4.2 million over three years. It starts at $1.3, then goes to $1.4, and it's structured to hit $1.5 by year three. That'll be the year that we know if he's worth his weight or if we're going to be moving on from either Josh Heupel or, or the defensive coordinator spot. Well, let's, let's pull the curtains back. Let's know that uh, James Franklin, uh, he was – he was uh, strongly considered for the job at University of Tennessee. We, 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 that service surfaced. So I would say that he, as a co-defensive coordinator for Penn State, was looking into Tennessee, was looking into their personnel, was looking into their recruiting. So he kind of knew on the forefront that uh, either his boss was going to take the job or if the dominoes fell a certain way that he might get a shot at being the D.C. And lo and behold, he got picked. And so – I think he's going to do a great job. I think he can do the recruiting. And I know James Franklin, from his quotes, is uh, losing a rising star. And, uh, you know, he thought a lot of that guy. And, uh, you know, I'm glad he's coming to SEC. He's going to have his hands full, you know, uh, being less uh, with some of the talent. But, uh, you know, you're going to play a different brand of football. They're going to be a lot better offensively, schematically, uh, making adjustments at halftime. Craig Ladd will love that. I can't wait to see their statistics. Absolutely. In the third quarter. And, and they'll, they'll, keep, they'll keep the pressure on the defenses. And uh, so you got to have somebody that has an understanding of that on the defensive side. And, and he does. And he knows it's harder to, to defense those guys. So, uh, you know, it's going to be – I think it's a great hire. Uh, and I think the guy's been probably surveying and looking at it for a while, you know behind the scenes, because like you said, James Franklin was rumored to be one of the guys really considering the job. So I'm sure all their staff members, as we as we all know, if your head ball coach is looking at it, you start looking at it, and the family starts looking at it, and then he pulls his name out, and then you've already done a little research, and then all of a sudden the head coach is going down his checklist of people, and you're on there. You're just waiting for your name to get called, and that's what happened for him. So congratulations to him and his family. We're looking forward to to big orange football. It's going to be exciting. It's, it's really neat to see these teams rounding out to shape and seeing what they're going to have. And one one plug for Josh Heupel, he was the first coach to, to, to spend time with the Tennessee Football Coaches Association last week. Uh, and that just a shout out for, for that association. And that was a great Zoom. And, and earlier earlier uh, this week, we had uh, Rick, Chris, Rick Stockstill from Middle Tennessee and still to come Memphis and Vanderbilt. So shout out for Coach Heupel being first one up to bat. Absolutely. And he did a great job. He did a great job with that. And I I think he got a lot of people fired up about Tennessee football. Uh, The guy, you know, as much grief as people have given him, I think that they they did a great job with – with that whole Zoom call and that whole like willingness to jump on and do a TNFC TNFCA event so early on in his tenure when he's got a lot of stuff going on with recruiting and hiring staff and finding his defense coordinator, filling out his off the field staff, things like that. I mean, for him to take time and and, and go through a presentation. I think was was great. It gave him great reps at practice in his his recruiting pitch, which I'm sure that he's still trying to trying to feel his way through because he hasn't been at Tennessee uh, very long. And then also it gave him a chance to uh, get in front of Tennessee high school football coaches for the first time, hopefully for the first time of many. So I was excited to see that. I'm excited to see 
I never thought I'd say this, but I, I think that the future looks bright at Rocky Top. I'm excited to see what Heupel can do. I am a fan of his style of play. Uh, again, uh, offensively, he's kind of he's a pedal to the metal type guy. Obviously, Tim Banks compliments him on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm excited to kind of see what they do on offense every single week, except the week they play Georgia. Okay, if you can just dial it back the week you play Georgia, turn it over about three, four times, uh, and 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 lay an egg that week. I'm cool, um, but it, I think as long as the the in-state school here, uh, not only Vanderbilt right up the road here in Nashville, uh, also doing some big things, but Tennessee as well, that can kind of reignite the state as far as getting people to move here and building up the high school talent, not only in the Knoxville area, Nashville area, Memphis area, but in the surrounding outlying areas where it's sprouting up in very very small spots but i think for for the most part it's concentrated in uh nashville knoxville chattanooga memphis so i you know i, I think he did a great job with with the zoom call and so did and so did sock still absolutely guys I, I t- going back to the hire you know he, he's already has his defensive line coach and that's rodney garner which i am very excited to see him coming back to knoxville he was at ut 96 97 got 31 years of coaching experience in the sec with uh auburn tennessee georgia what what 12 years at, at georgia and his his ability to recruit outstanding defensive linemen and then also his ability to coach them up where they are NFL NFL caliber and successful NFL players is it's a win-win for Tennessee. I think that's a very very good hire for them. Oh, I love that hire for them. I hate it for Georgia because he is such such an elite recruiter. Uh, you know, I worked for him personally. I can I can vouch for that firsthand. Uh, it just just the ideas that he has, just innovative ways of of reaching kids that you didn't think could be reached, things like that. I mean, I, I think it's you know it's great for him. And and I think when Tennessee was dominating in the '90s and they were dominating recruiting in the state of Georgia, guess who was on staff there? Rodney Absolutely. Garner. Guess what happened when? Uh, Guess what happened that caused Tennessee to stop being able to recruit so well in Georgia, especially Atlanta? Rodney Garner gets hired by Georgia. I, Remember you know, it well. There's a, there's a correlation there. So he is somebody that has always been able to develop top-notch elite defensive linemen. That's never been an issue. He's a stellar recruiter, great in the Atlanta area, Great, great at developing defensive line talent. I mean, you know, to take to have two guys drafted in the top thirty picks uh, in, in this uh, draft before last with uh, uh, Derek Brown and and uh, I can never remember his name, Montrevious Adams uh, from Auburn. Uh, have he's had guys before that that have been drafted, and and he'll have a couple guys. Uh, in, in the next couple of draft classes that he recruited and developed that will be drafted as well. So big things in Vol country uh, for Rodney Gardner. I, I think Brian Harson is an idiot for letting him get out of the, get out the door. But then again, I think things were a little bit toxic between him and Bobo. So maybe uh, maybe that was probably for the better. So I, I don't know. Tennessee got a great one. That's all I can tell you. 
and mic drop. So, um, <laughs> some other things going on around the scoop. Uh, what since we since uh, since we last talked to you, uh, some news broke. Uh, a big news story broke here in Middle Tennessee. With speaking of Rich Rick Stockstill, uh, we uh, and uh, while I think it happened while we were recording uh, the. Uh, our episode with Brad Johnson, which if you didn't get a chance to hear Brad Johnson, please do yourself a favor and go go listen to that one. That was a treat to have former Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Florida State Seminole quarterback. Uh, also played for a numerous amount of teams in the NFL as well. Vikings, Redskins, and Cowboys as well. Uh, but most known for his Super Bowl season with Tampa. That's Brad Johnson. Uh, had a lot of great things to say, so if you haven't got a chance, catch up. Uh, stop, pause it right now at this point, go listen to that episode and then come back. Okay. Then come back and and uh, leave us some feedback on, on social media. But uh, the whole like COVID thing uh, with, with Rick stock still the protocols and things like that. Did, do you guys buy that, that he was not following protocols and being reckless with that? Or do you think it's kind of a, kind of an ax to grind with him and Tony Franklin? I think it's, I think it's, uh, I like the guy Rick Stock still. I, I just don't, I think he, I think the guy talking back when he leaves a program and, uh, I just think it's bad blood. I, I, I can't see him ever getting hired again. I can't see that being a good thing to do to, to a fellow staff member, your former boss. Um, I believe in the guy. I don't think he did, did bad. I mean, I, he seemed like a, guy that stands up and tells it like shoots it straight like it is. So I don't really, I don't, I don't believe in, in what, what's been said about him uh, to say, uh, you know, I'm not there 24 seven. So I don't know exactly, but, but I, I really believe in rock stocks. Rick stock still played for Bobby Bowden, uh, coached with Steve Spur. Um, he's done some great things along his career uh, for coaching and hired some guys and developed guys, uh, and uh, he's got a, his staff is developing. I know we want to talk about that too. So about some of his staff hires. Yeah, Brent well. Derman. I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on the COVID thing. I just think it's a good segue into uh, talking about his other hire with Brent Deerman uh, coming over from Kansas, formerly at Bethel. So he knows the Middle Tennessee area. So I think it's a great hire. I think it was you know with him at Kansas. I think it was kind of like a I don't know fish out of water. Just kind of walked into a dead program i guess and you know i think a lot of people were just lethargic there in in lawrence and he was the only one that had any energy i felt like and uh he comes to mtsu hopefully trying to revive an offense that's been that was just putrid last year hopefully try to re-energize a program that seems like it is dying uh under rick stock still um you know kind of leaving you wondering does he really need to retire? You know, what's going on with him? Is he burnt out? Things like that. He hires Brent Deerman. Hopefully that'll bring some life back into this offense. I know he's got a lot of great ideas. I know he's a creative guy. Um, he's an energizer bunny over there on the sideline. He's super aggressive too. Uh, and and he he's great with the RPO game. I think a few years back when he was with uh, – when he was with Bethel, they were setting all sorts of scoring records. He learned under Gus Malzahn. He was uh, he was an assistant down there. Um, I think an off the field guy, if, if I remember correctly. And then he got the bump uh, up to Kansas, 
and got the midseason promotion to offensive coordinator, was kind of playing catch-up ever since. Now he's got a chance to finally just like take a breath and start over and and start from from brand new start from from ground zero with mtsu's offense i'm excited about the hire uh, i know it sounds like i'm excited about every hire but it's genuine i i think this is a i think this is a good move for for stock still i think this is gonna bring new life in this program well i like the fact too that rick has taken the high road you've not heard anything negative come out of his mouth of course the assistant coach we're talking about is tony franklin you have Ugh. not heard anything come out negative come out of his mouth regarding the situation he's just been quiet take the high road uh tony franklin's a guy who we all three know for a fact that he was one of the hottest assistant coaches in the country at one point uh innovative his star is dull now, and he think he's trying to get it back bright. And throwing your head coach under the bus is not the way to do it. You know, uh, we talk about we Kurt and I have talked about accountability, and you know what? He needs to be accountable for the, as you said, putrid offense that Middle Tennessee had uh, in twenty twenty. Absolutely. And they also hired uh, Brent Stotskill, the coach's son. That was a quarterback and set records there. and And I think he'll bring some uh, he'll bring some uh, liveliness and some energy to the quarterback position because he's he's played that position and he's not that you know he's not that far removed removed from being on the field. So I'm sure those guys listen to him and and be want to be one of some of the high performers in their league and their conference. So Brent Stotskill. Shout out to him being Coach Stock's son, and he's going to be the quarterback's coach. That's going to be fun to watch, too, their development. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that, too. I, I think just having those two good de- uh, offensive minds work together. I mean, uh, Brent played under Buster Faulkner when he was the offensive coordinator, enjoyed, I think, his best year st- statistically. Um, under Buster, and then Buster left. I, I think that was a bad move when he left to go to Arkansas State. I think that was, uh, you know, obviously they he got a raise in money, and it's hard to turn that down. But I don't think that was a good move to to leave at that point where I, I think he could have, I don't know, gotten something a little bit bigger uh, after what they have, what they had done that past season, uh, where they had beaten the brakes off Georgia Tech on the road. Uh, if you guys remember that, the the Benny the Benny Cunningham coming out party. Uh, so to speak, but you know, I think that Stock still Brent, that is the quarterback, uh, had some record numbers under under Faulkner and and continued that streak um, as he uh, as he went progressed through his uh, career at MTSU. So exciting to get his mind uh, in, into the into the program again. Having your son on staff will probably help you, you know get back into it, get back re-engaged in, in, in everything. And uh, having a, an energizer bunny like Deerman will also uh, do the same. So good moves down there in, uh, in Murfreesboro. Maybe they'll recruit Murfreesboro better. Yeah, that, that, they've got so much talent in the Murfreesboro area. If they just get to seconds, you know, they're going to make some good ball players. And, and also Nashville, come to Nashville. Let's get, let's be, let's go back to being a hometown team. And, uh, I know Vanderbilt's going to try to step up, and I'd love to hear Josh Heupel talk about it uh, last week uh, earlier uh, that he was going to claim the state of Tennessee. So that's good because we there are a lot of good players in the southeast. There's a lot of good players in the state of Tennessee. So good to hear those coaches going to uh, recruit some homegrown talent. 
Yes, Craig. I, I mean, I, I think it goes without saying that if you recruit Middle Tennessee uh, in state as your in, as your main in state area, you're going to do pretty well. I, I agree 100 percent with that, uh, Corey. You know, we we talked about that uh, in several of the early episodes, and, and I think speaking of the Middle Tennessee, I think Clark Lee is going to make a very concentrated effort to keep some of these kids. Uh, uh, in Nashville, instead of going elsewhere, I mean, uh, we all we all know that uh, we've shook our heads as we've seen kids uh, uh, go, for example, to to Georgia Tech. There seem to be like a pipeline from Middle Tennessee to Georgia Tech, and guys have success, and you just shake your head and wonder why. You know, those kids are not going to Vanderbilt. Last time I checked, Georgia Tech was extremely extremely high in academics. Exactly. Yeah, they, yeah, they are. It's a, it's just a point of emphasis. And I, I think now with uh, the guys that are on staff at, at uh, Vanderbilt, I think they're going to make it a point of emphasis. And, and I see Tennessee doing the same thing, recruiting in-state. And I see Middle Tennessee. And uh, we already know Memphis is trying to get it more in-state. So, That'll be good. You know, when you see your in-state, and the other thing, too, now, uh, people, you know, got to keep reminding themselves we're still in COVID. So COVID means there's probably not a whole lot of visiting happening. happening. There's not going to be camps happening. So you got to really trust guys uh, about how far you can go rock, you know. You got you to get guys around that you know and recruit guys that you know about and guys, you know. So it's going to be a lot more – uh, if you will, uh, kind of back in the day recruiting, you know, back in the 70s, 80s is what I see the next future classes being out west. I see that happening. I see in the Midwest that happened. I see a lot of homegrown. I see people just signing guys local because they know about them a little bit more because they get a chance to kind of see them or hear about them. Whereas, you know, uh, you know, maybe through social media, you can reach out to guys a distance away, but they got to make the, they got to make that trip there. You know, it's just Crazy times in COVID, so you're going to see a lot of rosters changing, you know, to, to being more of homegrown, I, I believe. I think that's and you're, that's What's crazy is the transfer portal is going to be insane next year because a lot of these coaches around the, around the country are going to meet their recruits for the first time. How about that? You know, I mentioned in the uh, earlier in the show when we were doing the bet online read with uh, with how you can bet on merit at first sight. Well, this is recruiting at first sight. You know, uh, evaluation at first sight. They're going to see these people and be like, "I need some name tags. Who are you? I, I'm uh, I'm Coach Burton. How you doing? Uh, nice to meet you. Welcome to the program. Oh, you signed on the dotted line to give four years to me. Great. All right, cool. Go get your helmet. <laughs> let's get let's get to work, man. Uh, but yeah, no, I I think it's going to be unique uh, in, in the way it, it kind of how COVID's going to not only shape this recruiting cycle, but the ripple effect is going to have over the next two cycles, where now the recruiting game is playing catch up to incorporating a new method of visiting and, and evaluation and, and talking. Uh, to an already existing structure uh, and recruiting calendar and kind of blending the two things together. Does the NCAA have a virtual period now? Do they have, you know, does the dead period become the virtual period where you can zoom? Does a dead period extend, become more of a dead period? You know, how do, how do they incorporate all this stuff now uh, with uh, thanks to COVID and, and thanks to the rapid shift and how you can uh, meet with recruits? 
How's that going to affect it long term? I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be interesting to find out, though. Well, you know, another thing, too, is is these coaches, college coaches, are going to be so reliant on high school coaches. And I, to me, you have, you have a tendency to go look at kids that you are, you trust the high school coach in, in order to give you the correct uh, evaluation of his player. Uh, and, you know, that's not always the case. Uh, you know, a lot of these high school coaches like to tout their players and uh-huh. and don't necessarily give you all the scoop when it comes to that. And they're the greatest thing ever. And lo and behold, they're not. So I, I think that's going to be critical. The high school coach is going to play a huge, huge factor in this because, I mean, as as we as you said, you're just not going to see the guy. You're not going to see him. You're going to see film on him, just like the three of us see film on them going to various sites. That's all they're going to see. Yeah, I mean, they they, they can back channel and request game film uh, through Huddle, and you can send them a recruiting package. So um, that's, you know, they can still see games, but, it, you know. I would say live games. Yeah, that. live games, yeah. yeah. So, like, see, like, to see a lot of the intangible stuff, like right. you're saying, like, like, Quarterback throws interception because we all know uh, even Trevor Lawrence threw threw an interception or two in high school. Not many, but he threw a few. He threw a couple, and just to see kind of how he reacts uh, to to that, or, or or quarterback throws a pass and you know receiver drops it. How how does he greet the receiver? Okay, are right, you're a five star receiver? You know you get a you get a pass in, you get an offensive pass interference call, and it's questionable how do you react do you yell at the do you do you yell at the official do you get that 15 yard penalty they can't see that on huddle game film they have to be there live and for them to be able to lose that part of the evaluation you don't know what kind of character you're getting you just know what kind of player you're getting and you're hoping that people are telling you the truth as far as counselors teachers coaches, administrators, anybody you can talk to, you probably go through a little bit more of a rigorous interview process, I would guess. Um, if you're not already doing that, you probably should be. But they they have to they have to vet these kids in a different way now because of COVID, and, and that's where it gets tricky. Yeah, and I think one thing, too, just think about this, the height and the weight of these guys. How many high school coaches tell a guy so well, I was five, I was five foot nine. There you go. That he was that he was six three and he's really six one and a half, and it goes down. And they don't, they're not going to be able to get that eye test. You know, when Rodney Garner walks in, he knows. You know, Rodney Garner is well, he walks to him and he's he's eye to eye with the guy. He knows he's at least six three six four. If he's a little bit shorter, you know, you know he becomes maybe just a one technique. He can't be a one and a three technique. And they're they're recruiting. A certain guy to fit to fit that mode, but one and three technique on defensive line, things like that. I mean, the high school coaches, uh, by and large, most of them will, will shoot you straight. But there's going to be a few guys, especially if you're if you're getting out of your neck of the woods, if you're uh, if you're coming from the Midwest down to the South, they're, they're probably wanting, you know, the the SEC teams have passed on him, or or maybe he's got one or two offers and. A Midwestern school wants to get in there. They're going. To, they're going to give him a half an inch or an inch, and give him an opportunity to, to sign with a, a Midwestern team or, or, or an up east team or whatever. I see a lot of that happening, and it used to happen a whole bunch back in the day. Guys would show up at camp and supposed to be six four, and they were only six one or six and a half. You know, that type mm-hmm. of thing. So, 
got to really watch it. It's hard to see that on tape a lot of times because, you know, it's just, it really is hard because sometimes guys are even measured the other way. You know, they're not, some guys are, you know, measuring them, you know, in bare feet, you know, heels together, you know, that type of thing. So it just depends on, but when you have your camps and you have your own campus, you see the guy, you stand next to the guy, you see, you know, the things that you're, the measurables you're looking for. Plus you look at, you know, uh, I heard this from Eddie Robinson back in the day. I was, used to sit and watch him and listen to him at clinics. And he talked about, you know, check out a guy's legs and see how much hair is on his legs. If he doesn't have a whole bunch of hair on his legs, Eddie Rob would say, we're recruiting him to Gramlin because he's about to grow another four or five inches. How he knew that. <laughs> and that's what I look. I look at those things today. I look at guys' legs and they're – I check out guys' legs, you know, and they're walking in there to play basketball. Man, he's really hairy, or he's not as hairy. That's what I learned from Eddie Robinson, you know, one of the greatest <laughs> coaches of all time. Wow. So that, that's how I there you go. I, I'm waiting for the day for Nick Saban to come out and say, we we signed this guy because he's got really hairy legs. <laughs> yeah, well, or he like, doesn't uh, have very I, yeah. we know he's going to grow <laughs> I, i've heard i've heard uh nick saban talk about guys at cornerbacks you know their feet their feet are bigger than nine nine if their shoe size is bigger than nine nine and a half he can't be a good corner you know so i don't know you know yeah so, so now they, i now they, kurt i'm waiting for uh now the the eddie robinson deal is great but I'm waiting for the Kurt Page, Gary Clark method of evaluation. Just go, just drop in PE class and watch them play basketball. Oh, that, you know, well, this is what we do. We break down the system. It's basically stand under the rim. Can you touch the net? If you can touch the net, you're definitely offensive lineman. You know, you're going to be an offensive lineman. Now, can you touch the rubber piece on the backboard? Uh-oh, you're moving on up. You could be a defensive lineman. And if you can touch the rim, you can be a linebacker, a running back, wide receiver. And if you can dunk – you just name your position. You got it. So that's the, that's how we that's how we graded them for four years at Hillwood High School. Yeah, you know, I, I remember. I, I remember when I was privy yeah. to that, and it was. Oh yeah, <laughs> that speed and explosion. If you can jump, you know, how do you jump? The faster you're going to be. We never had to measure them in the forty yard dash. Guy can jump up and hang two hands on the rim. You know, he's yeah. definitely a wide out or corner, a lockdown safety or something. You know, he's going to be a ball hawk. Y'all, real you two really ought to write a book on on the, the adventures <laughs> of Hillwood. I mean, you have a bestseller packed into four years at Hillwood. Oh, yeah. It's it's it, insane. It's a, it was a fun time, and uh, I mean, from where y'all started to to where where we were uh, as yeah. a program when you left. I mean, it didn't reflect in the wins and loss column, but it, I mean, just just the way the program sits right now is is a testament to you know six years ago. Coming off of a uh, one win and thirty, you know, Ooh. one win and thirty three games or whatever it was, yeah. Uh, it just we're, we're, it's we're unreal. Fortunate. We we had some good backing and good coaching, and all three of us we were, we were part of. It, so that was fun. That was fun times, and yeah, uh, you know, they were ready for it. So it was fun. Yeah, I, I and Craig, Craig and Scott and Gary all got to see me test the uh, stability of Beach's press box. So just <laughs> just so you know, yes, it, it still stands. It's sturdy. <laughs> it's a sturdy press box. It got after your escapade there. You know, it just it was you. It just got really quiet after all of that. Even the officials were looking up as as high up as we were. The the Hillwood stand they were looking up after all of. <laughs> it was hey, it was I, loud. It worked. It, it worked. Did. It did. It worked. I mean, I I, I was upset at the call. I, I I mean, it was it was a bad call. I had to let them know somehow. 
Exactly. Uh, uh, I, you were about to get a 50. I, I've never heard of, of a, uh, an assistant coach up in the press box getting a 15-yard penalty, but but quite possibly you could have. I, I mean, you know, I wouldn't have blamed him. I wouldn't have blamed him. That would have been a hell of a story. I, I don't it know would if, have. Yes, it would have. But uh, let's just for story's sake say that I got a 15-yard penalty. How about that? That's so it, I like it. I it's like, it's it like that fish story. Just the, the fish goes from like a little five-pounder. Now it's like a... 20 pound monster that i had to fight for don't let the facts get in the way of a good story that's that's the old journalist come out of coming out of me (laughs) definitely not so um as as we switch gears i just want to remind you guys soar athletic training uh, is our title sponsor uh, as well as uh, the keller williams realty uh the hometown team man go go visit the hometown team 615 hometown team 615.com Kenny is your guy, but unless you have a snowplow, he's not your guy this week. But uh, nonetheless, he could probably get you on a virtual conference again. Uh, maybe there'll be an Easter raffle and Craig will win. So, um, I hope so. Now, when we, we're switching gears now, I uh, want to talk about an assistant um, that is making his third destination since the calendar flipped to 2021. That is Jay Valai. I think I said that right. Uh, Jay v- Jay Valai or Valet? I, I don't know. Uh, name me and names. We're just not on good terms right now. Uh, so uh, he is uh, he is set to be uh, the cornerbacks coach at the University of Alabama. Uh, when uh, he he has been on the move since Todd Herman got got fired back in January. He latched on with Houston and then was plucked from Houston to go to the Philadelphia Eagles and then from the Eagles just recently uh, is now heading his way to Tuscaloosa. Uh, he started his uh, he started his coaching career as a quality control coach at University of Georgia actually in 2016. Um, and then uh, he is uh, he went to the Chiefs for a minute and then he joined uh, he went to Rutgers and then he went to Texas. So he's been that guy's been on the move. So my question to you is this. Obviously, he's well thought of if, if all these people keep hitting him up, especially the NFL and Nick Saban. So there's no doubt that he does his job and does it well as a defensive backs guy. However, my question to y'all, and whichever one of you two want to jump on this first, uh, I'll leave it to you. Taking your third job in 2021 when you're only a month and a half into this new year, is that a good thing? I, I think it's uh it's a timing, you know, and I think COVID had something to do with it. I'm sure uh, they used to have uh, they used to have a coaching convention. Uh, a lot of times it met in Nashville, Orlando, Dallas, Fort Worth, a lot of different areas, and you know that's that's obsolete. So now they have to do a lot of stuff by communications, and so I think uh, you know losing a staff, you know, losing getting fired as a staff at Texas. Uh, you know, getting picked up by Houston's a good thing. And then obviously moving to NFL is a better thing. And then moving to the number one team in the land is the best thing. So it just happened, you know, for him, his, uh, you know, we talk about the players and we talk about uh, their chances of moving around. I, I, you know, coaches have been able to move around for a long, long time. And especially if you're a rising assistant coach, I think that's, you know, it's it's just like you, you've witnessed, you know, you said it's, it's unique and it's uh, doesn't happen much. But in this case, it did happen. And and uh, where he landed, you know, they they then fired the coaches, I guess, at Philadelphia. They got must have got fired when he joined up there. So 
Uh, we know Nick Saban's not going to get fired, so that's where I would land too. So I think he yeah, did, I, I don't blame him. Did, did good for himself, but, but does, he, that, does he burn bridges though with with the NFL, or does he? I mean, it, you know, is is it seen as a bad thing moving around, or is it one of those things where okay, well, at least he landed with Nick Saban? I don't think so. I think it's a good move. I think I think uh, whenever you can go with the best team. Uh, I think it's the best the best move you got to, to make, and I think with him getting uh, uh, getting recruited to go from uh, Texas to land a job in Houston to stay in the state of Texas, that's a good move. But then I think a better move is getting the NFL and going to Philadelphia, and then I guess he got caught up in that staff getting fired, and then you know he's looking again. So the guy really kudos to him and his agent because he landed on his feet. Yeah, but no, I mean, I, I think I think it's different. I, I think it's just. I think each yeah. case is different, and uh, you know, uh, yeah. as you as you go up that that ladder, you know, it, it, you're just trying to build uh, build your resume, build your uh, your making your stops meaningful, and being at Alabama is going to be a great stop for him. I guarantee you that. Craig, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, you know, in the business world, if if you had that many jumps on your resume, the first thing that'd come out of the the person you were trying to get hired by was would be why are you jumping around everywhere? You know, why are you jumping around so much? That would be a red flag. But I'm like Kurt; I don't think it's a red flag when it comes to coaching. Uh, you know, what I find interesting in this is the fact that he moved from an NFL team from the same position being the cornerbacks coach to Alabama to be the cornerbacks coach. That's what I find interesting. It was an, an upgraded position going to be de- defensive coordinator or assistant head, you know, associate head coach, assistant head coach, whatever. The fact that he moved for the same position from the Eagles to Alabama, I find interesting. And you know, he's not taking a pay cut. That's not going to happen because mama's there going, why are you taking a pay cut? Going from the Eagles to Alabama, so you know good and well you're not taking a pay cut. That that is true. That's very very true. And and I, I think it's there's a lot of things you ha- I, I guess you have to kind of know a lot of variables in this situation that probably behind the scenes that we don't know. Maybe, maybe Sirianni said, "Okay, I'm not going to fire you, but you know if you could find another position that would be great." Um, you know, you were Doug Peterson's guy. I have a guy in mind. You know, no hard feelings. Uh, you know, I'm sure you were great when you worked with Andy down in uh, down in Kansas City, but you know we're we're going to go a different direction. Uh, maybe he felt like that was coming, and he, and he was extremely proactive. Maybe he just wanted to get back into college. Uh, maybe Nick Saban called him and said, "Hey, uh, come work for me. Uh, look what I did for Sark. He got a head coaching job." Come be my cornerbacks coach. You'll probably be the defensive coordinator next year when, when my next guy leaves for a head coaching job or whatever. So, uh, just knowing that the 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 chain is constantly moving down there in Tuscaloosa. Also, there was probably a little bit of a lure t- for him to come and say, "Okay, well, I'm going to come down there and be a cornerbacks coach." Probably not for long because I'm going to get a defensive coordinator spot either at Alabama or somewhere else next year, probably. Uh, or have a chance at it next year. Whereas if I get stuck in the NFL, I I could kick around for six different franchises as cornerbacks coach, just fluttering around in the league, and maybe I have a chance at upward moment, mo- upward mobility back into the NFL if I go down here with Nick Saban, who you know 
he he has brought in some of the most broken coaches and 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 they've and spit them back out on the other side uh, into promotions. Butch Jones, he's now the head coach at Arkansas State. Now you look at that and say, well, it's just Arkansas State. Well, no, Arkansas State is a in the Group of Five, a well-respected program, and Butch Jones was about as close to rock bottom as you could be coming out of Tennessee. Uh, and and it's you know. I think it's a good move for Jay. Uh, I, I think he's, um, you know, it's interesting, Craig, that that he did make a lateral move. Uh, that that's why some some red flags were raised in my mind. But I guess when you start to look at the variables, all variables are different. Every coaching situation is unique, right, Kurt? Yeah, and I think I think you hit on the head right there. Look at the two guys that Nick Saban just hired on offense. You know, with his offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, and his offensive line coach. How long will it be to those two guys to be head coaches? Two years, maybe? Three years at Probably the most? Two. So they're going, to be a, two. they're going to be a head coach, so they're going to need a defensive coordinator. So this guy's auditioning to be the defensive coordinator at, say, pick a college, you know, somewhere. Some, somebody's going to open up, you know. Nebraska. Bill O'Brien to Nebraska. Scott Frost don't get it done this year. He's on the hot seat the next year. He's fired. Two years from now, Bill O'Brien's in three years, three seasons, he's the new head coach at Nebraska, you know. So now this this new defensive back coach is groomed. He's seen him competing against him at practice for 365 days. He's recruited with him. He becomes his defensive coordinator, you know. And so that's kind of how I'm sure he looked at it, looking at the bigger picture, looking at the, you know, one-year, a five-year plan. And so the upper mobility, I think you struck it exactly. And that's the coaching chatter. I mean, that's what they they want to get with guys. Uh, I mean, you want to be with Alabama staff because even if you want to get in and, and move and have upper mobility, if you're on their staff in some capacity, Major Applewhite, he's now offensive coordinator at South Alabama. Look for him to move from there to maybe a head coaching job in a group of five next, you know. If he if he gets the things going, I think he will. I think he can. There's great talent down there at Mobile, uh, in that area, in the Southern Triangle area. So it's going to be interesting. But yeah, that you know, the coaches that Alabama has on staff, uh, they lost one coach and became the head coach at Marshall this year. Uh, yeah. Name name replacing Huff. me right now. Yeah, Char- uh, uh, Michael Huff. Yeah, Michael yeah. Charles Huff, Huff. I think Charles Huff. Charles Huff. Yeah. So, I mean, he, and he was a position coach. coach. He was a running backs coach. I mean, you yeah, talk about so, a position that's, you know, very easy to coach, and it's just basically an all-star recruiter. It's a running backs coach. Now he's leading Marshall's program. He's taking over yeah. for Doc Holliday. Doesn't yeah. get any – yeah, I mean, we're, you're hitting the nail right on the head too. It, it well, another thing too, guys, he, he leaves Philadelphia 24 hours after they officially announce his hiring. Go go figure that one. Yeah, that's that, yeah. That I mean, was, that's really <laughs> it's interesting. It, it is. Mean, it's it's interesting how that all went down, and and you know you can look at it two ways. Either okay, he saw some writing on the wall, maybe some things weren't working out, or he said, okay, uh, Nick Saban just called me. You know, he was the only one that could have could have given me thought to leave, and he did. Yeah, so. Sure. Um, it's very interesting. I would I would love to be a fly on the wall in the in that situation and, and just know or just be privy to all the variables that he that he had uh, that was going through his mind to to be able to take that position. So um, anyway, it, it's it's 
it's interesting. I, I thought it was interesting. I, I thought maybe, okay, this one is uh, not only, not just the the move in itself, but just kind of the way he got there was probably the the most fascinating part of that whole move. But let's look at uh, let's take a look down in Jacksonville. Uh, there's some heat going on down there. Uh, Urban Meyer uh, announced their full staff. Uh, they they caught some controversy uh, with their strength and or actually their director of sports performance is the official title. Uh, Chris Doyle was uh, was that position at the University of Iowa. Uh, he had some allegations of bullying and insensitive remarks. You could say, basically, they gave him the racist tag there at uh, at Iowa. They placed him on an administrative leave while an investigation took place. Uh, they decided to part ways with him about a week after the investigation. Now, Urban Meyer has brought him on to be uh, in the same position with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He said, quote, I've known Chris for about 20 years and our relationship goes back to when he was the number one strength coach when he was doing sports performance before sports performance became a high priority in college sports. So I've known him, studied him. We've had a relationship. I've vetted him thoroughly. Along with our general manager, I feel great about the hire and his expertise. Uh, So um, that being said, and he's no longer there. He is resigned. He is resigned. Yes. And and uh, yeah, I was just about to get to that. Um, he got a lot of criticism. Chris Doyle said, "You know what? Not for me." But here's how I thought it was going to go down. You know, I I saw this as Urban Meyer is trying to be another version of Nick Saban, where he brings these controversial guys in, and he's like, "Look." Yes, he's done some bad stuff. He's made some mistakes. But with my guidance, I'm going to keep a firm thumbprint on him. I'm going to pin him down. If he he just crosses the street the wrong way, I'm going to fire his butt and and tell him to hit hit the road. So, you know, that's kind of how I saw, you know, the reasoning behind this hire. And, and it, it was odd to me because why would you go invite all this criticism in? And I'm like, well, I mean, well, what's the point? There's plenty of strength coaches out there, plenty of qualified guys you could hire without all the controversy. So we're, we're back to square one, I guess. He's still looking for a strength coach. So um, I'm going to put my name in the hat down there. Maybe I know a thing or two about uh, lifting some weights. Uh, so yeah, Chris Doyle, in as Jaguars director of sports performance and then back out uh, as he just recently resigned. So uh, probably probably a bullet dodge for Urban Meyer, but as a move, as it stood earlier, uh, I guess last week, what did you guys think of the move initially? Well, it, you know, I, I found it odd uh, and was no doubt uh, I knew that it was not going to fly. That, that's not going to fly in the NFL. The NFL is not going to touch anything like that. They want no negative publicity at all. So I knew there was no way that that hire was going to stick. It might have stuck at Ohio State, but not going to stick in the NFL. That's that's. I think you're right, point on there. Another thing, too, most of the jobs when you're talking about with Nick Saban, they're they're more of a, a you know a, in the, in the back of the back of the room jobs. You know they're they're uh, guys that uh, have kind of like Sarkeesian when he joined the staff, he joined it just as an analyst. He was in the back of the room. 
uh, Mark uh, Stoops' brother, he's joined it back of the room, you know. Uh, everybody's come in there, Charlie Strong, back of the room, you know, everybody. They Butch Jones. Butch Jones, back of the room, you know. And then they, they kind of get out in the front of the game when the games are going on. But they, they, they learn behind the scenes. They're trained behind the scenes. They, they kind of uh, do their – recovery and their their uh you know re rebranding you know if you will uh in the back of the room you don't put the guy out there director of sports performance could it have worked for nfl in that role absolutely not could he have said okay he's going to be assistant uh to uh staff development you know and sir you know go through this type of uh Richmond Roar and this these curriculum things, you know, maybe so, you know, like in a, a you know a back of the room job. You can't put the guy out in front, you know. Uh, the no. NFL for sure, they're not going, they're not going to tolerate that. Uh, no, so, that 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 would have never flown. That yeah. would have never worked. Right. It it would have been. I mean, it's just not worth the trouble to me. No. Just to bring that guy on. I mean, like I said, he's not the only one. He he didn't he didn't invent sports performance and, and he certainly doesn't own it uh, there's certainly plenty of guys that fit that build i mean there's you could probably i don't know you could probably go into any nfl strength strength program and just throw a dart at somebody and they'll probably do a good job for you you know well that and you and that and you also have you've got 53 different guys that you've got to train and keep them healthy for the season and it's a different it's an art it's 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 an art and a science. You've got a they've got their own trainers, they got their own way they're lifting weights, the way they're training in the offseason. And you know, and Urban Meyer, you know, I think he's trying to develop a like a 25 and under team, you know. So he yeah. wanted to bring that college mentality, but uh it's just not it's gonna not, you can't you no. can't have that guy. You know, you gotta have somebody in there that's engaging, players can trust, players, you know, they can Google him in five minutes, go, what's up with this dude, man? You know, the first time he gets on somebody, got on him because he's, you know, he's got, you know, his hair is longer than the other guy, or he's, he's this, or he's that, or he's racist, or he doesn't like me because, you know, I'm pigeon toed or whatever the deal is, you know. But get him in the back, you know, he he can land somewhere. Just get him in the back of the room, let him learn, let him let him rebrand himself, and that's what Nick Saban does so well with those guys over the over the time as we've seen just in a short time he's been able to do that. And that's what he. So, I mean, you can't just pluck a college guy and drop him into the NFL. I mean, they've got it. There's got there's a very certain set of training that you need. I mean, the art of blending the macro and micro uh, performance together is unique because all these guys have, have trainers, like you said. Uh, so you've got to do things that take what those trainers do on the micro level. I mean, I'm sure those trainers aren't giving these guys macro type programs. So you have to blend that in with the program that is closer to the one one size fits all model, but it allows for room in to 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 bring in some of the other stuff that these guys uh external trainers are bringing in whereas in college you know you come in and you're the strength guy it, it is your show and you get them for what 90 percent of the time of their college career it's your show you shape them how you want to shape them they don't have other trainers or rarely do they have other trainers you're the end-all be-all in college in the nfl it's not the case you're probably at best 50 50 
Well, too, guys, you know, these NFL teams are always looking for an edge, uh, an edge with uh, uh, bigger, stronger, faster uh, injury prevention, whatever yeah, techniques, big. whatever, whatever the new technique is, whatever, the, you know, this certain trainer here is, has this, he has this, whatever he does, it prevents a hamstring pulls, all of the above. So they're all looking for an advantage when it comes to that type of thing. It, that is a, I, I guess, you know, that's an element that you can't, you know, it's really you're wanting to get a, a little bit of an edge over somebody in this, and it's an element. There's no black and white to this. There's no right way to do it. There's no wrong way to do it. There's all sorts of ways. There's many directions to get around, go around in the straight line to get you to between two points. It's not that way when it comes to that. B- bottom line is these guys are professionals. They're going to get their bodies ready. That's not that's not an issue. Uh, you're paying them big bucks. They're going to get their bodies ready or they're going to get cut. And so as a per- sports performance guy in the NFL, like you said, you've got to – whatever that edge you have, you've got to bring it to your team and say, hey, you know, I, I've got this great neck strength program where, you know, I, I, I am what best known for developing the neck muscles to prevent concussions or, you know – I'm the best mental mental trainer in the in the league. I mean, obviously, I know all the all the all the other lifts, but you know, I, I specialize in mental training. You know, training from the neck up. I mean, you know, whatever the case may be. Oh, I you know, I've never had it. I've never had a case of turf toe or how ridiculous. However ridiculous you want to get, you know, you, you've got to give these guys something that they can't get on their own. Otherwise. Why not just hire me just to babysit them in the in the weight room? Yeah, and anything you you could come up with, anything as you said, Corey, any in, innovative thing you can to keep your star on the field, they're gonna listen. Yeah. I have the world I, I'm the world renowned ACL expert. I can prevent an ACL tear with, with this program. Here you go, Atlanta Falcons. Hire me. Uh, and and I come in and do my program, and I have no ACL tears, and we're good to go. So, I don't know. It's uh, it, you, you've got to find something. You got you got to find an edge. I don't know what edge Chris Doyle had other than just berating people. I guess I don't know. Um, maybe him and DJ Durkin can find a staff together, and they can just maybe go to like Liberty with Hugh Freeze. Um, wh- whatever the case may be. Uh, so I just you know. I wonder what they're going to do there. Uh, they've uh, they've got what's interesting about the Jaguars is they hired a guy. He was a former exec for the Browns. They hired him as the director of roster management. So his sole responsibility is to basically, when you're the director of roster management, I'm guessing you're just dealing with spots 45 to to 56. Uh, because you know any any one of those guys could be in the fifty three, so you're you're dealing with the movement of those spots from from the dress list to the active roster to the practice squad, and so you're probably keeping an eye out on the rest of the league and saying, hey, this guy just became available, we should look at him, things like that. I thought that was an interesting position as well. Anything else going on in the coaching world that you guys want to discuss? Feel like I feel like I'm leading one of my Zoom classes now. Um, 
<laughs> one of my virtual classes. Kurt and I are sitting in the back of the room. We we we're not raising our yeah. hands. <laughs> uh, no. No, you, no, you no, you you got no no you got it no. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, th- I think I think we've had a lot of good discussions, a lot of good stuff yeah. that's going on for right now. You know, we're just uh, building up toward. Really, the spring football, you know, that, I think next week we need to talk about this will be a big – the first kickoff weekend and we'll see a lot of the, yeah. the uh, Division One AA's and, and NAIA, Division Twos. A lot of people are taking to the field here in the middle of February and starting playing, and there's going to be some coaches uh, from, from those from those programs that are going to get a rising star and do some good things. So we look forward to charting their, charting their, their path coming up here this spring football season. Absolutely. Yeah. There's there's going to be football Saturday and Sunday, February 20th and 21st. Go figure. Wow. Okay. I hear you. FCS. Spring, FCS, baby. Spring football coming coming all down the pike. So uh, I guess that's going to do it then. Um, Kurt, how's things going at, at, at Faulkner? I know you're uh, the uh, Dwight Schrute assistant to the head coach. Well, <laughs> It's been good. Uh, we lost our first game, uh, played the division, uh, defending five-time champion, so uh, made, a, made a trip over there. But uh, opening up a home in Crampton, Bohem, Montgomery, this Saturday night versus Shorter, uh, they're 0-2 and we're 0-1. So hopefully uh, Coach Tommy Watson will get the, the Eagles flying again and uh, they can get a good victory. The guys have really worked hard. And uh, it's been it's been unique to be around that program because – the guys get COVID uh, tested uh, daily, and uh, it's amazing everything they have to go through and the temperature uh, going on the practice field, coming off the practice field, uh, just everything they're doing. Uh, it's a lot of respect. I'm really getting to see what these guys are really putting themselves through to play college football. It's, just, it's, just been, it's been amazing what they've been doing to be able to do that as just young guys. So All right. Looking forward, looking forward to seeing how they do this this Saturday night. Well, all right, man. Uh, well, well, certainly best of luck there. You've been serving as a, uh, I guess, as a consultant, right? I guess yeah, that's just what you Yeah, just a head coach and a consultant for the head coach and kind of kind of walk around and uh, I haven't asked for any playbooks or anything. I'm not the Grim Reaper or anything like that. You know, meet right. me in the coaching office. We're cutting you. But, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm able just to watch and, uh, you yeah. know, just uh, I now building rapport with a few of the players and a few of the coaches and, and they ask me questions during practice, you know, and and I can kind of give them my insight or, you know, tweak here, tweak there. But uh, so it, it's been fun to, to be on that side and uh, and uh, just thank Tommy Wasden and the Faulkner University Eagles for allowing me to get around the, the team and the program. It's been fun. Absolutely. Well, uh, if you get a chance, uh, maybe you can offer some recruiting uh, advice after you watch Matt Campbell his incredible virtual recruiting pitch, Soul of a Cyclone. So go watch that uh, after you listen to this show and after you uh, listen to our episode with Brad Johnson. That was a fun interview as well. We're going to have Kenny Salas on probably next week. Uh, he's our uh, sponsor again uh, with uh, with the hometown team, Keller Williams Realty. So we're going to have him on. He is, I don't want to say former coach because once you're a coach, you're always a coach, but he is no longer being paid to coach he is a real estate agent uh he coached with me at when i was at lebanon 
Um, he so wised he, up. Is that what you're telling us? That's what I'm telling you. He wised <laughs> up. He said, you know what? I like this whole money thing. So yes. we're gonna, I'm gonna just I'm just gonna go there. So uh but yeah, I want to thank him for for being a sponsor. We'll 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 officially thank him next week when we have him on. And uh maybe uh, maybe his appearance will be the million dollar appearance. I don't know. Um and also uh big things coming um as more sponsors pile on. Uh we will uh we'll grow the show. We will continue to soar. Uh, pun intended, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna do some big things as 2021 rolls on. But that's gonna do it for us this week. Again, we we thank you for listening. Uh, we we like to thank our sponsors, Bet Online, for officially jumping on board with the coaching chatter and and the hometown team and our title sponsor, Soar Athletic Training. So for Kurt Page and Craig Ladd, I am Corey Burton. This has been another edition of the Coaching Chatter Podcast on the Belief Podcast Network. So long. See you later. We'll see you back here next time. Enjoy the rest of your week. And if you're snowed in, be safe and uh, have fun in the snow. Enjoy your snow days while they last. And uh, can't wait for spring. Goodbye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.